Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Sunrise on the Inside podcast, a space where we share inspiring interviews and stories from thoughtful leaders in business, health and wellness, entrepreneurship and sports. Here we talk about tools, habits, routines and tactics they use that help them feel calm, revived and rebalanced whenever they face challenges in life. I'm your host, Nico Estrella, a serial entrepreneur, former professional soccer player and co-founder of WACU. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Sunrise on the Inside podcast. My guest today is Kristen Mihaly. Kristen uh, is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and a board certified uh, in holistic nutritionist. She is the owner and founder of Nourish Holistic Health and Nutrition, located in Bradford, New Hampshire. Kristen opened Nourished in 2013 and works with men, women, and children across the U.S. and around the world to balance digestion and improve hormonal health. She is also certified in biofeedback, biobody feedback technique and certified in neurology of digestion using applied kinesiology. Kristen also offers functional laboratory testing and blood testing within her one-on-one -on -one practice to focus on the whole picture of health. After experiencing her own health issues as a young girl, she made it her mission to help others regain optimal health as she wholeheartedly believes the body has a deep and innate ability to heal and repair. I am super excited to have this conversation. Welcome to the show, Kristen. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Nico. I'm very excited and honored to be here. Yeah, thank you for coming. And um, I guess I wanted to start our conversation um, we, uh, asking you a couple of questions about your your story and asking you a couple of questions about your your background and uh, I was doing some research uh, before the conversation and I read that you had a dream of becoming a singer, right? Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit a about, little different career path. <laughs> so I always was obsessed with singing and songwriting. I started singing when I was four or five years old and I'm born and raised on Cape Cod down in Massachusetts. And I was songwriting and in college, I ended up working with a few people at Columbia Records and getting some songs put together. We were back and forth in Nashville and up here in New England. And went down to Nashville, had some meetings, and I realized that it wasn't 100% what I wanted to do. And I didn't want my love for music to have pressure on it or, you know, put it in a box and making that my full-time career or profession. So it has now moved to a hobby of mine and I have a nine-month-old son, so we'll sing songs and um, it looks a bit differently these days. Part of the shift was also being sick myself and around this time when I was, you know, really back and forth with music or nutrition was when I was going through some healing work and then when I saw the results of holistic nutrition in my body, that sort of sealed the deal. That's awesome. I'm going to circle back to talk a little bit more about the, um, your career in, in the nutrition side. But 
Um, that, that's so interesting about like the, this shift because yeah, it's a it's a big shift in in career, right? Um, and I I think one of my my biggest dreams will be to have a nice voice to sing. I I, I love to sing karaoke. Yes, but I, my voice is not that great. I just like do passionately, but that's I think why you do it. Yeah, everybody exactly. else around me just is great, but. I don't care. I just it brings joy. Good, good. That's yeah, so yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, But that that path that you that you mentioned um, reminds me a little bit of uh, whenever I was starting uh, my my career. Whenever I was like seventeen and eighteen, um, I played professionally soccer for for a oh, couple wow. of years. Um, okay, incredible. I think I have something similar to you in the sense of like. Um, I well, I I I love I've loved soccer my whole life, and I still enjoy playing soccer and all. But um, when I was a kid, I remember that playing soccer was super fun, and like I really enjoyed playing soccer. Yes. But once it started to become a job, it kind of like started to lose the magic a little bit. A hundred percent, Nico. I completely yeah, what, what relate that, like, to that. What, what that happened to you? That was totally it. There were restrictions. And this was going back maybe 15 years ago, 20 years ago. So things were a little different, but there were kind of boxes on what you needed to look like, what you had to wear, how much weight you should gain or lose, what song ideas or topics you should write about. And it just started to lose its passion in me and its joy. And you're right. Like once that shift was, okay, this is what it would be like as your profession, I started to lose the love of it. And what I always loved about singing, and you may have felt this with soccer, was when I was singing or writing or performing, it's like everything else around me stopped. My brain stopped thinking about 80,000 different things. It was just this flow that happened creatively and and in my body I felt that and and then once it became more of a job I started losing that feeling and that's when I knew like nope this isn't it and it was there was a grieving process to it I don't know if you had that with soccer but like everyone my whole life told me like this is what you're gonna do and and I said that's what I was gonna do and like that was the plan and then the plan changed (laughs) And, so. and the thing that uh, at some point, whenever you are uh, so into something, it kind of like becomes part of your your identity, right? Like, I, I think that that was like the, the biggest thing that like was hard for me. Was that like, uh, since I have memory, my identity was tied around soccer because I, yes. I played soccer since I have memory. And during my whole high school, every all my friends, all my teachers, everybody knew that my dream was to become a professional soccer player. And I like I was a professional soccer player, and after that period, it was kind of like like a little bit lost in like your identity, right? Like I exactly. think that that happened to me a little bit whenever I started to kind kind of like find my own path in like my professional career and becoming an entrepreneur. Um, but yeah, I took a there was like a gap in like I was just trying to figure out who was like, I who I, am I yeah. <laughs> exactly like who was I without singing and even my parents will show home videos when we were little kids and I'm like 
mom, record me. And I'd take, I know it sounds so cliche, Nico, but I'd have like a hairbrush or a little Fisher Price microphone and I'd be making up songs. And it was, it was just always, we were one in the same. So that was a big shift into what it is now. And I've still, you know, now when I sing or write, there's some of that love and passion back. And, and you may feel the same with soccer. Like I wrote my husband a song and sang it at our wedding. And so it was more, you know, personal things for myself. I was, I was about to ask if you, if you still write some songs and, or, or perform a. I haven't performed in a really long time. I mean, I did at our wedding, but that was just you know, 220 people, <laughs> but I'll, you know, I'll be driving and something will come in my head or I'll get a melody and I'll just pop on my phone and, and use voice memos and sing into it. And I haven't really done much, but they're all in there. They're in the cloud. There's a <laughs> So there may be a time and a place for them. Yeah. I love that. Well, I, I don't play too much soccer anymore. I think oh, okay. every time I play, my whole body hurts for a week. Mm -hmm. uh, I think my body is just uh, not used to playing right. soccer that hard anymore. Because it's because like in, for me, doing that sport, it's I have this thing that kind of like my mind knows and remembers how to play. Like I, I try to do things that I used to be able yes. to do before. <laughs> But my body, yeah. my body's like, oh, wait, you can't execute. years old anymore. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, I can hit that note. And then I'll go for it. I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a muscle, you know, you work your voice just like yeah. you work a bicep or something. So, yeah, yeah. it's definitely yeah, yeah, changed. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad you're still like, it's good. I guess we still have it in us. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And I still have a lot of fun doing it every time I get to right. play a little bit. Um, so, Kristen, now um, I want to learn a little bit more about how was that transition. So whenever <laughs> you you decide to start learning a, a little bit more about holistic health and, and nutrition, um, how was that transition like? Like, where, where, Did you uh, always knew that you wanted to build a career around holistic health or, or it was something that you started to learn a little bit and that maybe apply for yourself and then you wanted to become a, a professional in that? Yes. I never knew I wanted to do this as a career. It was never, like I said earlier, really part of the plan. But looking back now, Nico, I can see the seed was sort of planted as a young girl. So I'm one of three children. I have two older, excuse me, two younger brothers, Matthew and Danny, and my middle brother, Matt, has severe autism. He's nonverbal, and he got diagnosed about 29 years ago, so almost 30 years ago, and back then, autism was pretty rare. He was actually diagnosed with something called pervasive developmental disorder, PDD. And at the time, there was no Google there. So my parents got this diagnosis. Matt stopped talking pretty much overnight. And they started going up to Boston, to Ch Boston Children's Hospital, and getting more information. And along the way, they met some other parents. And in that circle, 
it can be beneficial for some children to change their diet to more of a gluten-free, casein-free, which casein's found in dairy, more of that, those diet requirements. And so my parents said, well, if Matt's going to try it, I guess we'll all try it. And I have to tell you, gluten-free back then was disgusting. <laughs> it was like eating cardboard. My mom would order this flour and make these waffles and they were in the freezer. And But we did it. We tried these alternative supports for my brother they, my parents got into acupuncture, Reiki, more holistic and alternative therapies. And I'm not going to lie, some people even in our family thought they were quacks, like you're, they're losing it. But my mom and dad were really willing to do and try anything. So that's when the seed was planted, probably when I was around six or seven years old. And then flash forward to when I was a teenager. So now I'm in music and, you know, that's my plan. I became very sick my sophomore year of high school. I basically was sent home with a stomach bug and was sitting on the couch and ended up getting a Charlie horse in my leg, a muscle spasm. And it started moving kind of up my calf, into my thigh, into my hips. And long story short, we called 911. They took me to the hospital and they couldn't get the spasms to go away. So we then went up to Boston hospitals. Wow. That's and scary. I was at, yeah, it, it was all like all of a sudden. So I spent almost two weeks up there and the final diagnosis was there's a virus that attacked your immune system. There's an autoimmunity component and it's settled in your spinal cord. And they released me on about 10 to 12 Valium a day, and I was in a wheelchair. And from that moment, I was in a wheelchair wow. for close to eight months. Wow. So my life completely turned on its head, and I missed all of my sophomore year of high school. Along the way, Nico, there were different theories. We started seeing different specialists. Some believed it was Lyme disease. Some believed it was an autoimmune disease. Some believed it was viral. But at the end of the day, I was prescribed like massive doses of antibiotics and steroids and went kind of that traditional Western medicine route. Along the way there, someone mentioned to, I believe my mom or my dad, like, why don't you try a holistic practitioner? And at that point, I would have like gone outside and eaten tree bark if you told me it would make me feel better. So we're like, we'll try anything. And we started seeing a practitioner and I realized how the whole body is connected. Western medicine, it saved my life. There may have been times in your life where it saved you. They're incredible for trauma. And I believe here in America, we've really segmented the body. Like when there's a heart issue, you go to a cardiologist. When there's a gut issue, you go to a gastroenterologist. But they don't all communicate to one another. And your body's always communicating. Yeah. So we would go see all these different specialists, Nico, and everyone would sort of have a different thing to say or a different plan of attack. And no one talked to each other about the whole picture. So I ended up starting to get better. We did kind of water therapy. I had a walker, learned how to walk again. And I actually remember being in Boston and in one of the hospitals. And this one doctor said to my mom, my dad and I, Kristen, you're never going to walk again. 
And I was like, oh, I'll pro- prove him wrong. One day I'll run the Boston Marathon. And I actually ran it in 2010. Oh, so that. that was like a I'll show you moment. <laughs> but back to your question, that was, you know, really I went through some health issues of my own firsthand. And then I started working for the nutritionist that I was seeing and then decided to go back to school for this. And then I opened Nourish in 2013. Wow. What what an amazing story. Very. Thank you. I bet that that process must have been so scary. And and you're right. And I I think um, all of these, all of these type of uh, alternative medicine practices, I think less and less now, but I, I, I know that they used to be seen like what you said, like kind of like have an, an like woo woo or yeah. Oh yeah. You, you just go there whenever you are desperate, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, it's so interesting to see now that uh, there's a lot of science behind it. And there's a lot of science that like gives the reason to like, like it makes sense. And like all the body is connected. It, exactly. It's a holy, holistic being. So um, that's a very, uh, I, I love holistic medicine and I also, um, in, in Ecuador, I think it's it's a little bit different than from here from the U.S. I think here in the okay. U.S. it has been a, a little bit more, uh, like, a, a little bit more stigmatized, I, I, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. But in Ecuador, it's re- really common to, like, if you have stomach aches, it's way better to make yourself oregano water and, right. and like treat your diseases or treat your your body with natural things with herbs and i think it's kind of like part of the culture so so whenever you hear this type of holistic practices it's just like for me it makes so much sense it because resi- I, exactly. I just like grew up with with that with that oh that's so life. good yeah we are when i was studying to become a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, one of the practices I really looked at was that of Dr. Weston A. Price. And he was a dentist who looked at ancient cultures and tribes and saw how they viewed holistic health in regards to dentistry. So like the this formation of teeth and cavities, need for braces, all of that. And when we look at more ancestral cultures, this is woven into life. Just like you were saying, oh, you have a stomach ache, grab oregano water. We're here in America, we'd be like, take Pepto-Bismol. So it's very, to me, it's pretty incredible. Like one of the things we're really focusing is going back to that traditional ancestral way of living and, and fueling our bodies and choosing to eat and heal the body. Just like back in the day, someone would maybe go see a medicine man or more homeopathy support or herbal support or make this tea. And we've just become bombarded with drug companies and we're one of the highest viewed countries in the world with commercials for medications and drugs and prescription meds. And and we're just getting sicker and sicker. And that's not to dismiss medication or drugs. There are times when it's truly saved my life. I think what we need to do, Nico, is bridge the gap, like bring the two together and see how we can 
weave Western medicine and more holistic medicine together to help the body in the best way possible. Yeah, I was I was just about to say that. Yeah, because that 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 I think it's very important to make it uh, kind of like also more more accepted in the in the culture too, right? Uh, because yeah, of course there's a lot of a lot of validity and a lot of uh, science as well behind the uh, the Western medicine and um, totally they both can work hand in hand. Exactly. I'll always joke with new clients who come on board into the practice and I'll say, you know, if heaven forbid you break your ankle, like don't call us. I mean, you can let us know, but go get help and and go to the doctor. But if you are like, I have a little dull headache, instead of reaching for ibuprofen or Tylenol, maybe try some of these alternatives first and just see. And then if it doesn't improve or get better, there's always support for that. But it is a total shift because here in America, a lot of us aren't raised around that. It's like, let me just pop a pill and get that instant gratification and relief. And then that pill causes other symptoms, which then makes you want or need another one and another one. And there's just a trickle down effect. Yeah, because a lot of the times those things just kind of like mask the pain, right? You don't right. go to the, to the root of like exactly. what is causing that headache or what is causing right. that stomach ache. Just like you stop feeling the, the pain for a little bit. Exactly. Uh, but then the, the root problem can just like keep growing. Keep growing, right. And there's this belief of this silent inflammation in the body. And the body's goal is always to achieve homeostasis. And anytime there's a sign or symptom that you're experiencing, like a headache or joint pain or acne or infertility, that's a sign that one of the root causes or foundations of your health is off and out of alignment. And that's when the body's in a state of dysbiosis. And that's when disease moves in or dis-ease in the body. So if we almost shift our viewpoint on a symptom is a way of my body communicating to me instead of something I want to hide or mask or put a Band-Aid on, that's when you can really start to get some insight into how to fuel your body the best, how your body can repair and heal. And that's what just gets me so excited. <laughs> so. Yes, 100%, 100% agree. So now I I want to move a little bit more towards the, the, the practice you do itself because I, I was reading and, and I've never heard some of the terms of, of the things that you do that, that pick my attention a lot. Uh, so first I wanted to ask you, um, because I know that you are a nutritional therapy practitioner, um, what is nutritional therapy? Uh, can you give us like a... Like, Absolutely, like a... a little snippet. So the three kind of main pillars as FNTPs or nutritional therapy, a nutritional therapist that we honor is that one, the body has an innate ability to heal and to repair. Second is we focus on nutrient dense whole foods for the best fuel for the body. And third and most importantly, Nico is honoring each client's bio individuality. So the protocol meal plan supplemental supports that we would put together for you would be different than what we might do for your best friend, your mom or dad, your neighbor. Like what does your body need to fuel and heal? So there's no really one size fits all diet or one size fits all supplement. You know, there tends to be these waves or, or sort of trendy things, right? Like everyone should be on a probiotic and everyone should try the keto diet. Or, but 
we really have to find what works best for you. So a nutritional therapist looks at the root cause of your symptoms. So when a client comes in, we'll go over their health goals. And then it's my job to almost be the detective in their body and see where is this imbalance? Is it digestive? Is it hormonal, blood sugar? Is it a nutrient deficiency? Is there inflammation? And then we work to repair that foundation. And the goal is to see those symptoms alleviate or lessen. Got it. That's so interesting. And um, what types of diseases can you can you treat with nutrition? Um... Absolutely. So due to kind of FDA guidelines, we can't treat anything. We're not allowed to really say treat. We can say heal and repair. So I will just put that little disclaimer out. Um, in my practice, Nico, we currently have about 450 clients active in the practice. And our youngest client is six months old, and our oldest client is 93. So the six-month-old, just for example, mom brought baby in because there was a lot of acid reflux, GERD, spit up. So we found some hidden food allergies, removed those, kind of healed and sealed the baby's leaky gut and mom's leaky gut, and now baby's doing great. The 93-year-old is going through prostate cancer treatment. So really, food and nutrition, Hippocrates actually said, um, heal the gut, heal the body. So looking back at how you fuel your system, what food you decide to put in it, just like the fuel you decide to put in a car, that's going to have a positive or negative result in your overall health. So we see conditions... ADD, HD, autism, asthma, allergies, food allergies, environmental allergies, digestive issues like IBS, IBD, Crohn's, colitis. Um, we do have a group of cancer clients in the practice and a lot of infertility or, or like menopausal imbalances, uh, diabetes, kidney failure. So really, I don't want to say like anything can be fixed with nutrition, but Or, or supported with nutrition. But, you know, if you're putting nutrient dense whole foods, like for what that, what that means is, you know, spinach, broccoli, pastured chicken, or grass fed eggs, that into the system, if you tolerate those foods, that's going to give you better results than like Diet Coke, Kit Kat bars and Doritos, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hundred percent right. I, recently heard a, it was a phrase I think that that was saying that um, our body is generating new cells all the time right um, yes. and the way the cells get created is with the with the food that we that we put in our bodies right so the better food you give the cells to keep creating themselves uh, the better cells you will have so it's better like, to have cells made out of Whole foods and sales right. made out of Kit Kats or processed or foods. Oats. Exactly. Yeah. You really do, you really are what you eat. It becomes what you eat. And my view in Nourish is that of striving for like an 80-20 balance, 90-10 balance. We are not, you know, there are some situations and clients who walk through the door with terminal illness or disease where we're like, okay, 
we got to really rein it in here. But the majority, what we always say is we want nourish to be a part of your life, not to take over your whole life. So some people are like, oh, Chris, do you ever eat an Oreo? Yes, I've eaten an Oreo before. <laughs> but it's when doing that, you know, here and there instead of like multiple times a day. So yeah, that's the big, the big kind of pillar there. <laughs> that that is that is super interesting. And then I, I want to go a little bit down the rabbit hole of uh, digestive health. Uh, this is the the company that that uh, I started uh, three years ago. It's called Waku, um, oh and we basically make herbal teas. Uh, everything gets produced in Ecuador. We source the ingredients directly from from farmers there in Ecuador, um, and it's based in this uh, centuries-old recipe that we've been drinking in Ecuador. Um, that's a blend of 20 different botanicals. It has mint, chamomile, oh. spearmint, uh, lemongrass. Um, and in Ecuador, we drink it because of the gut health benefits of the, of the, uh, of the herbs. But mainly, it's because of the anti-inflammatory benefits of the herbs. Um, and for me, it's been very interesting to, like, all this journey of introducing a a product like this to the U.S. consumers because it's a very different thing from everything that you have here, right? And um, the drink is delicious, but um, I think when when people hear uh, that it's gonna be good for the good for your health, it's gonna be ta it's gonna taste like medicine. Basically. Mm -hmm. But this is basically iced tea, um, and I've been learning more and more because like before before starting Waku, I was really not that aware on the importance of of gut health okay um, and it's been so in interesting to me to keep learning about uh, how gut health ties with so many different things in our body from our immune system from our mood from our hormone balance yes. um, so i i want to i want to dive a little bit um deeper into into gut health um, and i have a couple of questions there so whenever uh, your your clients go to you um what are some of the most common symptoms that people will have uh, when you when you start to to think okay that might be uh, something related to your to your gut because like i i know that there's a lot of things that you don't even think that's a problem in your right. Like, right? It's, it's it feels like it's so such a different uh, problem. But what are the most common common like symptoms that people have? So the big ones that showcase something off with digestion or gut health, first of all, would be bloating, gas, belching, and fluctuating between either constipation or diarrhea. And a lot of people just think that's normal, like oh, I didn't have a bowel movement for three or four days. That's just normal. But none of that is what we ideally want for the body. So uh -huh. those are the big like GI ones. And then bigger picture, Nico, anytime I hear of anxiety, depression, skin irritations like eczema or psoriasis, and then also looking at hormones, like if they're having 
if a woman's having difficulty conceiving or menstruation issues, um, or if a male client comes in with low testosterone support, I always say, okay, we got to check the gut out, look at the small and large intestine, the stomach, and liver, gallbladder. Like, how's that all playing into to GI? Wow. So um, let's say uh, somebody comes with... Um feeling like a little bit depressed and, and maybe uh, that that they've been feeling a little bit uh, um, just like tired and mm -hmm. and uh, with, with low energy in general. Um, what type of digestive problem may be causing, uh, causing that? Usually it's low diversity in their microbiome. So we want a really diverse digestive system with pre and probiotics, enzy digestive enzymes. We want there to be a lot of diversity there present because that is where about 70% of your immune system lives and where 70 to 80% of hormones start production. And I'm talking about our happy hormones like dopamine, serotonin, melatonin, cholesterol is a hormone, and not just estrogen, testosterone, progesterone. So the first thing we would see, there's sort of five steps. The first is removal. So are there any hidden food allergies that are causing what we call leaky gut? Are there any food sensitivities or are there any pathogens, Nico, like uh, salmonella, implanted viruses, bacteria, parasites, or heavy metals that are affecting the gut? Because we can't heal the digestive tract if every day we're getting exposed to a food that we can't break down, right? Mm -hmm. Or or like if, if someone's living in a house with mold and they have mold sensitivity, We can't heal and repair the body if every second of the day they're exposed to this mold. So first is repair, excuse me, removal. Second and is then, repair. Sorry to interrupt there, but no, then that's good. How how do you how can you know that you What have it is. mold sensitivity? Yeah, because like probably if you have one of these these allergies, I, I know that of course there are some allergies that I don't know you're. Uh, allergic to peanuts and once you touch a peanut you just like uh, right. you feel it immediately but I know that there's other types of sensitivities that it's exactly. not that apparent right that like probably you've lived your whole life with that and you don't even know and not know that's so uh, true so how, how can a, we learn yeah a true allergy would it typically produces like an anaphylaxis response so like you said with the peanuts someone touches a peanut itchy hives, throat closes up, swelling. That is different than a sensitivity. A sensitivity, Nico, can usually present itself around 72 hours post-exposure. So for example, let's say you ate a banana today. You felt great. You, you ate a banana for a snack. And then two days from now, you're like, wow, I have a really bad headache or I'm kind of bloated. You and I think, well, what did I just eat? But it could actually be the banana from two days ago. So mm. what we do, we use a couple different modalities to determine these. Some clients will do blood testing. So we'll order a blood test for 
food allergies or sensitivities. And sensitivities usually present themselves with more symptoms like bloating, headaches, skin issues, um, joint pain, inflammation. So we can either do blood testing or if the client's coming in person, we use a couple different types of testing in office, like applied kinesiology. So we'll test them for the foods right here in the office. Or okay. we could order a stool test as well to see like, are there, is there yeast overgrowth or bacteria infections in their, in their body? Got it. So then once we determine, you know, what does your body do well with? What does your body need to take a break from? We also sometimes will use a pulse test with kids in the practice so it's not as invasive. And, or we'll just do an elimination diet like, hey, can you please try two weeks without gluten and then report back? Did your headaches get better? Did your joint pain improve? Yes or no? So that the client really sees the connection themselves and makes that for themselves. Mm -hmm. So then once we isolate those sensitivities in the gut, we work to pull them either out of the diet or remove them, then we heal and seal the gut lining. So then we move to repair phase. And that's when we want to kind of close up any leaky gut, strengthen the integrity of the gut lining. And we'll use certain herbs, certain vitamins and minerals. Bone broth is amazing um, to really seal everything up. Aloe. Jerusalem artichoke, chamomile, cat's claw. So we'll use, depending on the client and you know age and what they're experiencing, we'll use those. Then the third step is relationships. So now we have to make sure that the stomach, large and small intestine, are kind of playing well with others. <laughs> so how's yeah. your liver? How's your gallbladder? If you still have one, how are, how are your kidneys doing? So we check those organs out with either the testing in office or some other blood work. Fourth step is re-inoculate. So then we put in good pre and probiotics and digestive enzymes. And I never want clients, Nico, to be on like this laundry list of supplements. You can get an incredible amount of probiotics from one tablespoon of sauerkraut, which mm. costs pennies, you know, or yeah. kombucha or kimchi. So, you know, we always give the food forms first. And then the final step is reintroduce. So then in the example I was using a minute ago with the banana, then we would have you try eating a banana again for a couple of days and then wait and see, did you have a headache now? Did you have any joint pain? Or if you feel great, it can come back in. So that's sort of how we look at digestive repair and health overall. And there, I have a question. So, um, is it helpful if you, be, let's say you haven't been to the doctor yet, so you still don't know what what's the sensitivity that you have, or you still okay. don't know like what's the real root of, of the symptoms that you're having? Um, but let's say you listen to this podcast and you... <laughs> You heard that uh, consuming uh, uh, kimchi or kombucha, and, and, and you start you you start to change your diet into whole foods and and start eating better. Um, is it still helpful if you just like 
kind of like uh, I, I think a lot of people will maybe skip the part of like diagnosing and go directly to try to eat repairing foods totally uh, is this still helpful or, or you would recommend always to try to find the cause first to really make a, an impact oh that's a good question I would say, you know, always try to find the root cause because if you ignore that, Nico, what you're going to find is you might add in kombucha, kimchi, bone broth, and you're feeling better. But then the minute you stop that, you might see those symptoms come back and it's really easy to just dismiss it and be like, oh, that didn't work, you know? So the thing that a lot of people or listeners could just try sort of the five heaviest inflammatory foods or the five foods that we see the most reaction to sensitivity-wise are typically dairy, gluten, so dairy from a cow, gluten, corn, sugar, and eggs. So if you're like, all right, how do I do with, with dairy? You would avoid it for three to seven days, See if you notice any change. Was your energy up? Did you sleep better? Did you have a better mental clarity? Did you have less bloating? Did you have a bowel movement every day? And then add it back and see, okay, do I notice any difference? Do I feel better on dairy or off? One thing to note, if you do experiment with this, gluten usually lives in the body for about 12 to 14 days. So you would want to avoid that for like a solid two weeks to notice the difference. Um, but none of these foods are bad, Nico. You know, some of them get a bad rap, like like gluten, right? Everyone's like, oh, I'm gluten-free. And it's really not, or it's not the egg. It's what we've done here in America with processing. So, so much traditional or, or conventional, excuse me, wheat is heavily sprayed with glyphosate, Roundup, it's genetically modified. Our eggs come from chickens who never see the light of day and are force-fed a grain diet. When chickens are really designed to be outside eating the grass and the bugs and the grubs and getting sunlight. So what that eat, what that chicken eats trickles over into the egg that you eat. So, you know, don't think, oh, well, here's this nutritionist saying eggs are bad. Like, no, sometimes it's the, it has to do with the sourcing and that's when the nutrient density comes in. So you might find, wow, if I shift to like organic milk or, or if I do a sprouted bread instead of like wonder bread, I feel a lot better. So I would start there and then it can never hurt unless you're allergic to like add in bone broth or sauerkraut or any of those. Yeah, and and also like uh, what I always think is like there's probably a, a lot of people that maybe don't have a, a serious condition, right? And mm-hmm. uh, maybe you feel you feel fine most of the time, right? But uh, I think it's never gonna hurt to reduce your sugar intake. For example, I know exactly. that it's like a a a, a very it can be very bad whenever you consume in in a lot of quantities. So it will never hurt you to start eating whole foods and it will never hurt so you to start, to start drinking uh, things with less sugar and less right. processed things. Uh, Do you know, Nico, just consuming a teaspoon of sugar sets your immune system back for up to four hours? Wow. What, what, what do you mean sets, sets it up? 
it weakens it weakens the immune system for about four hours. So a lot of people, a lot of colleagues of mine will say, oh, it's not cold and flu season, it's sugar season. Because like it'll be the holidays, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, New Year's, Valentine's Day, we eat all this sugar, and then people feel really sick. So you know, that sugar really weakens your body's ability to fight off diseases or pathogens or viruses and bacteria infections. Wow, that's crazy. I, yeah. I didn't know that. And um, what what can you do um, if, let's say, you, you are coming back from a Christmas holiday or uh, Valentine's, uh, Valentine's Day and you overdid it and you just like ate yes. all the candy. <laughs> all the chocolate yeah yes. all the all the chocolate as 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 we as we usually do right um, what can you do to help your immune system if you already did it uh, what are some Absolutely. of the things that people can do so first of all drink a ton of water just flush that out the best you can and I come from a big Italian family where we love our cannolis and our Our pasta, so I totally get it. So drinking, the goal is about half your body weight in ounces of water a day. So just for example, if someone weighs 150 pounds, they would shoot for about 75 ounces of pure, clean, filtered water a day. That can be super helpful. Also doing like a really gentle detox bath. So if you have a bathtub, if you don't have a bathtub, you can do this as like a foot soak, but just doing warm water with some Epsom salt, some pink Himalayan salt, and some baking soda. And that'll just help kind of detoxify the body really gently. And then getting back to whole foods. So maybe pulling back on some of the other sources of sugar that can be in our diet, like fruit. Taking like a, a little step back from some fruit for a few days, maybe some carbs, and just focusing on, you know, more veggies, some good quality protein, healthy fats, and just give your system some time to recharge and get good sleep. And then you should start to like kind of rebound from that exposure. I love that. Yeah. And because everything, everything, it's, it's a system, right? It's like your whole body, you have to take care of the whole, yes. of the, of the whole thing, right? Because I know that Uh, and I've I've done this this thing in the past, like I don't know, I just like ate very bad for for a, a period of time, and then I I don't know, I just started drinking kombucha, but right, just like I don't do all the other stuff, so it, like kombucha still has a, a little bit of sugar, right? Exactly, so, uh, but it's not, not it's not like drinking, drinking a, a right? Yeah, it's gonna uh, cure you from everything. Yeah. Right? It's like drinking one thing. It's it's uh, you have so to, true. You have to and the kombucha, Nico's a better option than, and I'm not saying you would do this, but like than um, Mountain Dew, right? Yeah. Like so, there's a transition, and the cool thing to keep in mind too is the body is so resilient. It really is. So it can bounce back when you you know just take a shift on what you're putting in in your system people will usually feel a difference in like one to three days. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's that's totally true. I, I did a thing during February. Uh, I, I think I'm addict, addicted to sodas, even though I'm okay. the founder of a healthy drink company. <laughs> uh, yep. 
I, I lo- like I don't know I just like grew up my family always used to drink coke and like there's always coke in my house uh, mm-hmm. so I was in my house uh, I, I visited Ecuador for for Christmas and, and I stayed for January there for like 30 days um, and of course soda was present every day in the in the <laughs> table um, and I, of course, I, it's not like the only thing that I drink because of, I also drink one, one bottle of Waku and one bottle of soda. Right. But after that period, I I felt that my cravings were too strong. Like every day I was waking up and saying like, oh, I, I just like, I am craving soda right now. That's bad. And so I did a thing during the whole February month awesome. of not drinking soda, not not one bottle. And normally whenever I, I do this type of commitments that I know that uh, soda, it's like a, a very strong, I think it's an addiction to, to the thing. Right. Um, I tried to do in like, in, in like periods, as you said, like, okay, I'm not saying that I'm going to ditch Coke for the rest of my life because I think that's, that can be an overwhelming commitment. Totally. But I said, okay, I'm going to do one month of, I'm going to detox from so that I just don't want to have these cravings anymore. Replace it with uh, better drinks like waku, like kombucha, like like other things. Um, maybe sparkling water to have like the bubbly sensation. Yes, or with a lemon or a lime, something. Yeah, and it has, I, I do notice the difference a lot. Like the sleep is better. Yeah. Yeah. more energy just like by taking one one of the right one little the thing biggest things that was added <laughs> sugar to my diet because normally i don't consume much sugar in other things right um so that's been that's, that's been awesome. great for me so i, I think that's so good it's it's always very very helpful to try to identify as well what's like that 80 20 as, as you mm-hmm. said right? like what's like one of the things that you're consuming right now that's hurting you the most it's easier to take just one thing rather than just like changing completely everything exactly because that gets so overwhelming and a lot of times it's things like you were saying you know you would drink that with your dad like it's passed down to generations and you know oh we bought Kraft mac and cheese so i'm gonna buy Kraft mac and cheese for my kids and then they're gonna buy it for their kids like it's just what we're used to and sometimes when you shift this it causes this like ripple effect in the family or with friends. Like, wait, why isn't Nico drinking Coke anymore? And it makes people kind of look at themselves like, should I not drink Coke? And so, um, yeah, but like one thing, one day at a time, it, it sounds kind of cheesy, but health really is a journey. You know, we're always, we're never going to check it off. Like, Oh, Yep. Okay. I'm totally healthy. Done. On to the next thing. It's something we're always sort of working with and striving for. And there are days that you're like, wow, I really kicked butt today. Like I drank all my water. I got good sleep. And then there are days where you're like, it's four o'clock and all I've had is coffee. (laughs) (laughs) So it comes and it goes and that's just being human. Like we're not robots. We, we have those highs and lows and, and it moves all the time. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that's the important thing. It's just like not being too hard on yourself, right? And and as you said, like your body is very resilient. So if you if you just like overdid in something like a bad habit, maybe take a week to just like treat your body correctly and it's going to bounce back. And it's yes. this, this journey that we're going to 
be like that the whole the, our whole lives, right? Totally. Just like a, we'll use like the car analogy. You know, if you never got an oil change in your car, that would affect the whole automobile. If your your brakes were kaput, you know, and you never replace your brakes, your car wouldn't drive well. You could get in a car accident. Like we do these repairs on so many other things, but we just have that mentality of like, I don't know if it's being invincible or not really being connected to the body, but we just think like, oh, I'll deal with that later. I'm young. I'll be fine. And then it can all like kind of creep in. So, you know, even if you just focus on like two or three things a day, like water, fresh air, trying to remove the sugar, like that is going to be huge in the repercussions of your health. Yeah. And we sometimes think that these small things may not have a big impact, Mm -hmm. but you'll be surprised with like those little changes start to accumulate. And all of a sudden you just are in like a different level in your, you feel way better just by doing these small changes. Totally. They are very powerful. Kristen, thank you so much. I've, I've enjoyed a lot of our conversation and thank I, you. Could, I think I could keep asking you questions the whole day. But uh, <laughs> No, yeah. it's been wonderful. Thank you yeah, so much yeah. for having thank me, so Nico. And I can't you. wait to try Waku. Yeah, I have to send you a case for you to try. Oh, thank um, you. If people want to uh, connect with you, um, what's the best way for them to, to learn more and connect? Absolutely. So we have our website, which is nhhnutrition.com. So Nourish Holistic Health Nutrition. You can always find us on Instagram, where nhhnutrition.com, same thing on Facebook. And then I'm also the co-host of the Fiercely Holistic Podcast, where we provide listeners with like really small, tangible changes like what we discussed today. We do episodes twice a month, and that's on Spotify and Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. Um, or if you ever want to come see us in person, we're here in Bradford, New Hampshire. And then we also have a satellite office in Manchester, New Hampshire. And I work with clients pretty much worldwide on telehealth as well. Awesome, Kristen. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to meet you today. Thank you. Same here. Thank you, Nico. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye. Hello, everyone. This is Nico again. And just a few more things before you take off. If you'd like to be part of the Waku tribe to be the first one to know about the launch of exclusive flavors, special promotions, and content about health and wellness, just go to livewaku.com, that's L-I-V-E-W-A-K-U.com, and sign up for our email list. And if you sign up, I hope you enjoy being part of our community.